Hello and welcome back to the Britain and in the early Middle Ages podcast. This is episode 61, The Reckoning. Surprisingly, I don't have anything to say before we begin. I do have announcements, they can just wait for after we're done with the meat of the episode. I'd recommend you wait till then though, it will be worth your while. I'm also back in my usual recording environment, so things are back to usual. So let's get into the episode. Following his death in 980, Domnall Lua Neil was succeeded as High King by Mael Sechniar. Mael was born in 948 and gained the throne of the clan Tremaine, the dominant Twatha within the southern Neil, in 976. The short space of time between becoming a monarch and becoming High King means that nothing of note really happened before his ascendancy to the High Kingship. On becoming High King, he was immediately under attack from the Vikings. A raid of not only the Vikings of Dublin, but also the Vikings of the Hebrides struck deep into his lands right up to the heart of royal power in Ireland, Tara. Leading this raid was Olaf Cuaran's son, Roggenwalder. In one of the major battles of this episode, Mael met these Vikings in battle, and won. Despite only recently becoming High King, he was able to decisively beat the Vikings. What's more, he pursued them right to the walls of Dublin. He then forced Dublin to release Irish hostages, and maybe even submit him. His half-brother gave the kingship. Three years later, Mael and Dublin allied to beat the Leinster and the Vikings of Waterford. However, this alliance wouldn't last. In 989, following a drunken falling out, Mael besieged Dublin until it capitulated. A bit of an overaction if you ask me, but there you go. He also faced opposition from Connaught, having to lead expeditions there in 985, 992 and 998. Before we continue, I've got to introduce another important figure, Brian Boru. Brian was born in 941 and was the younger son of the ruler of the dominant Tuathra in Munster. His nickname, Boru, can mean a few things. One option is of the cattle tribute, referring to him offered taking tribute from surrounding kings. Another option is of Bean Baruma, Bean Baruma being a fort in Munster. So this could be implying that he frequented it. I'm not personally sure which is more likely. Both seem like a common nickname you would give to a king. However, Brian did get a lot of tribute from others, so I'm slightly leaning towards the former. Anyways, Brian became king following the assassination of his older brother. The assassination likely had nothing to do with Brian, who seems to have been a loyal servant of his older brother. In fact, Brian seems to have intended to avenge his brother's death. In 977, he attacked the ship port of Limerick and forced its king to flee to a monastery. Violating the sanctuary of the church, Brian killed the king and proceeded to lead a putative raid on another rival. The following year, he defeated his brother's killer in the Battle of Belach, Lechta, and became the King of Munster. His brother's death avenged, Brian took a bit of a breather. This ended four years later in 982, where he raided Osage, above the state between Munster and Leinster. Throughout the 980s, Brian was secure in his position. Very little took place, with the only event of much note being a raid by the Daisy people of East Waterford. They stole 300 of Brian's cows, he retaliated by pillaging their lands.
1990s were significantly less kind to Brian than the 980s were. In 990, Mael invaded Munster and won the Battle of Khan for Drama against Brian. Three years later, Brian retaliated by sending 300 boats into Loch Ree and raiding Meath. Mael responded to Kind, raiding Munster and defeating Brian in battle. The two were now full-blown rivals, and, for now, Mael was on top. Brian decided that the best offence was a good defence and began fortifying Munster. He built a fortress on the island of Cashel in Loch Gur, as well as smaller ones across his territory. The next time the two would meet in battle, things would be different. Fighting resumed in 96, when Brian killed 300 of Mael's men in Westmeath before proceeding to take hostages from Leinster. This was an overstepping of his bounds and a challenge to Mael's power. Mael's overlord of Leinster and thus attacking it was an indirect attack on him. Mael was also the only ruler entitled to hostages from Leinster as its overlord. However, Mael decided to change tack. Instead of pursuing retribution, he agreed to divide Ireland with Brian. Brian would get the south and Mael the north. Mael even went as far as granting Brian hostages from Leinster and Dublin. However, neither seemed happy with this agreement. To the ambitious kings, half fun wasn't enough. Mael, for his part, was not likely in a good position internally. He viewed the situation as temporary, aware of silencing Brian while he strengthened his own power base. Two years after the agreement had, to, had been signed, in 999, Mael's position had improved. He was again ready to face Brian. The King of Leinster had been captured by a rival, and Mael, acting as overking, invaded and ravaged Leinster. Brian wasn't going to stand for this assault to his newfound power. He rallied the armies of Osage, Dublin and Southern Connaught before marching north into O'Neill lands. However, it seems Brian had sent the Dublin cavalry ahead, or at least divided them from his main army. Seizing upon the opportunity to strike at this isolated force, Mael laid an ambush and struck at the cavalry. He succeeded in killing many of them, forcing Brian to retreat south. The following year, Brian marched north again, however, not much came of this raid. Somehow, Brian was repelled without bloodshed. In 1002, Brian was the more successful. The events which took place are mysterious, however, Brian somehow succeeded in deposing Mael as High King and receiving hostages from the Northern Kings of Ireland. This is a tantalising series of events. I mean, we see an up to this point dominant High King being deposed by a man from outside the O'Neill dynasty, something which has literally never happened before, and we don't even know how it took place. What makes it even more weird is that Mael survived and remained King of the Southern O'Neill. So, Brian's now High King. However, there are still some holdouts to his power, mainly in the North East. Notably, Ulaid and the Kenley again refused to submit to his authority. Brian tried to press North and force them into submission, however he failed and was forced to agree to a truce. A year after getting the throne, Brian imposed a new king on Leinster. The following year, Brian struck North again. However, his path was blocked by the army of the Kenley again and he was forced to turn back. At this point, Brian was in his 60s. However, age didn't dampen his ambition. In 1005, Brian led his biggest army north yet. This was more than just a campaign, however, it was a propaganda piece laden with symbolism. He camped at the royal site of Tatiu before moving north to Armagh Monastery, the Monastery of St. Patrick, and one of the most powerful monasteries in Ireland. Following his trip to Armagh, Brian moved further north and made camp at the capital of Ulster, forcing them to submit to him. It's possible the Northern O'Neill submitted. My sources differ. One is ambiguous, while the other says the Cal Cornell didn't submit, but the Cal Cornell did. 
Following this campaign, Brian seems to have taken a shine to Armagh and made it his religious capital. Out of this comes an interesting tidbit. An inscription recorded a donation made by Brian to the monastery calls him the Emperor of the Irish. This is the only use of this title, but it hints at Brian's ambition, if not anything concrete. In 1006, Brian mastered the armies of the southern kingdoms of Ireland and marched through Connaught into Northern Ireland, that is to say the territories of the northern O'Neill and Ulaid, and forced them to pay tithes, religious taxes, to Armagh. The following year, the ruler of the Kennel Eogain, Flaith Bertach, invaded Ulster and was given hostages. In response, Brian marched north and recovered the hostages from Ulaid. Remember, as the overlord, he was the only one entitled to hostages. Three years later, Flaith Bertach tried to exert some independence and Brian was forced to march north once more and gained hostages. The annals of Innsfallen record the following about the event. Uraniel gave Brian his demand in full, and Brian brought Uraniel's hostages to Ken Corrad. Ken Corrad being Brian's royal residence, this shows Brian humbling Flaith Bertach. This seems to have been the end of Flaith Bertach's direct resistance to Brian. Instead, the Kennel Corneal became the main opposition to Brian's rule. Brian was forced to march north, combining his forces with that of Flaith Bertach. However, perhaps due to his age, direct command was delegated to his sons, Merchad and Dobnall. But the last died shortly after the campaign, Merchad would begin to become a somewhat major figure in our narrative. Anyways, the army ravaged the Kennel lands before returning south. In 1013, Flaith Bertach attacked Mel. Yes, he was still kicking around. Mel was forced to abandon the field, allowing Flaith Bertach to raise his lands. Seizing upon his weakness, Lines of a Dublin attacked Mel and met him in battle. Mel lost, losing 150 men, including his son. This victory made the forces of Dublin confident, and they tried their luck in raiding Mel Brian's lands on the south coast. This raid was unsuccessful, but it made Brian pretty angry. He marched north and raided Dublin and Leinster from September until Christmas 1013. His eldest remaining son, Merchad, even led a raid right up to the walls of Dublin itself. However, this raid did little to control attention. In fact, it exacerbated it. Brian was unable to secure a peace deal, giving Dublin time to call in foreign support. What resulted from this was the Battle of Clontarf, a battle on such a scale that many historians considered it to be the Irish version of 1066. The two armies met on Friday the 23rd of April 1014. Dublin was joined by Leinster, as well as troops from the Isle of Man and the Hebrides. On the other side of the field, Brian was joined by the forces of Connaught as well as those of Mayo. I looked over quite a few Irish annals for the rest of the battle, and I think the annals of Innisfallen takes the cake. They covered it in the most dramatic, yet concise manner. There was great warfare between Brian and the foreigners of Athsiniaf and Brian then brought a great master of the men of Ireland to Athenyaf. After that, the foreigners of Athenyaf gave to Brian, son of Kentig, and he was slain, but his son Merchad were at Ireland, and Merchad's son, namely Ter Berdach, as well as the princes of Munster, Ban Cornac, son of Dunquan, and Round Domnor, son of Diamit, king of Conquer and Round Mac, Berthad, son of Merdach, king and also Taduk Usiliak killed Umain and many others. There was also slain in that battle male Morda, son of Merchant, king of Lydon, Lydon being 
Minster, together with the Prince of Lycan Mountain and many performers of the Western world were slaughtered in that same battle. Just from looking at the list of names there, we can see there was a bloodbath. Brian died along with his son, Merchad, and his grandson, as well as many of the sub-kings of Munster referred to in the text as Mumu. Nevertheless, Brian took the day. The Annals of Ulster claim 6,000 Scandinavian and allied Irish forces died, and while this number was likely inflated, it gives a sense of the scale of the carnage. So, how did Brian himself die? Well, a later Irish text called the Cognad portrays Brian as old and stately, being assassinated his tent by a fleeing Viking leader. This is, however, unsubstantiated by contemporary accounts. It's possibly died in fighting, or was hit by a stray arrow. A man of his age, at this point in his 70s, probably wouldn't have had the highest life expectancy in battle. Following the battle, Mail returned to the hiking ship, and raided Leinster in 1015, and repelled a joint Leinster and Dublin raid in 1017 at the Battle of Odba. In 1020, he took hostages from Connaught, accompanied by Brian's son. On the 3rd of August 1022, he defeated a Viking raiding party. 30 days later, he died, aged 73. Well, this episode was a bit of a wild ride. Sorry for it coming out a few days late. I went down to my grandmother's house for the weekend and forgot my microphone. Before I go through my social media accounts and the like, I've got a special announcement. I'm holding a poll on when the podcast ends on Twitter. One of the dates was clunked off, but that's got no chance of winning, so this won't be the last episode. Other than that, you can pick from the end of the reign of the High King closest to 1066, the first Normans in Ireland, or the 1200s. I'll link the poll in the description so you can all vote. There's only one day left due to me releasing this episode late. I've also made a post on Patreon where my supporters can share their opinion and get the preferred option an extra five votes as a thank you for sticking with me throughout the show. Please also remember to follow me on Twitter, where I'm at BritishistPod. Please follow the Twitter for my upcoming show, From Villain to the Vulgar. That's at Villain to Vulgar. I also have a community Discord server, which will be linked in the description, as always. If you want to support the show, you can make a monthly donation via Patreon for as little as $1 a month, or one donation via PayPal. Both help me keep producing these episodes week after week, and every support has my deepest thanks. If you don't have the money to spare or just don't want to donate, please leave a review for the show via Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can. Listener feedback is always really motivating and positive reviews help more people find the show. Please also tell your friends and family about the show if you think they'd be interested. If I got anything wrong or you just want to give me some feedback, you can email me at historyofbritishisles at gmail.com. A big thank you to all my patrons, and in particular my two Duke Clash Duchess tier patrons, Anita Gardoni and Stephen Reinish. Thank you all for listening, and goodbye.